Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, October 6th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief for RCP. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Carl. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm good. I, I've edited two stories already, one from Phil Wegman, uh, our White House correspondent, about President Trump's escapades at Walter Reed, and another by Susan Crabtree, our, uh, who also covers the White House, but is mostly a national political reporter who wrote about Joe Biden's um, town hall meeting with NBC in Miami. All right. Well, where do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? Let's start with the president. Okay. So he spends three days at Walter Reed, comes back to the White House last night, promptly marches upstairs, takes off his mask and gives everybody a thumbs up and then delivers a videotape message, which he put out on Twitter last night that says, uh, listen, don't don't be afraid of the coronavirus. Don't let it dominate you. And as is the case with everything, it, it appears with Trump, uh, it, you know, what he said, uh, whether you liked it or not, it depends on what you already think of the man. If Trump critics went nuts. I mean, they thought this was, you know, he's going to get people killed. This is ridiculous. It's bizarre. It's outlandish. How dare he do this? And, and Trump supporters thought, hey, this is exactly the kind of message the president should be sending in terms of, you know, we need to be sort of bold and brave about this. And it's a, you know, it's a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't cower in fear and lock ourselves away. So uh, I'm not sure what, if there are any people out there who don't have an opinion about the president who are undecided, uh, I'm not sure how they viewed this Carl. What do you think? Well, you know, Tom, what you said is right. It, you know, almost everything Trump does is immediately s seen through a, a partisan prism, but you know, one of the points being made by his critics and, and by network, you know, anchors last night was if you had if you were a family member of one of the 210,000 Americans who died of this disease and you saw that the president got this, you know, extraordinary medical treatment, I think you might think he was being callous about the people who had died. And I, I that's been his challenge all along. He doesn't seem to you know, this is a guy who believes in the power of positive thinking. That's his whole deal. And he doesn't seem to be able to process information that doesn't fit into that paradigm. And so I, th I think that was a, actually a valid criticism. He does not bite his lip and feel your pain, does he, Carl? Well, he doesn't even want to spend a single night in a hospital. Like, they, they had to tie him to the bed, it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I was contrasting, you know, I write my this morning essay that has a historical bent to it. And I was thinking, because this week in 1955, Dwight Eisenhower, he went to the hospital. He had a heart attack on a golf course in September, September 23rd. The next day, they Can took you him to imagine a, that in our current environment. Yeah, and they took, but they took him to Fitzsimmons Army Hospital in Denver. He stayed there till Armistice Day. Tom, he was I didn't leave that hospital till November 11th. He spent his birthday in the hospital, and I, you know, I just think Trump would have a nervous breakdown if he was there another week. Uh, let, okay, let's switch gears. Biden was campaigning in Florida. Did a uh, uh, an event in Miami uh, with Haitian voters and then did this this town hall with NBC uh, where there were, you know, quote unquote, undecided voters, <laughs> all of whom seem to support Joe Biden. It seems to be a recurring theme. Uh, no, the fav my favorite these network things is they get an undecided voter and the undecided voters question is, um, Mr. Trump, how long have you been a war criminal? Uh, and <laughs> and the question to Joe Biden is, how will you defeat this war criminal? I mean, it's <laughs> right. It's a little silly. But anyway, um, what did you make of of, 
you know, Biden, how he's doing right now, uh, obviously some polls out over the weekend poll this morning, CNN poll has him up 16 points nationally. He's over 9% in our real clear politics average. So uh, he seems to be going along swimmingly, or is he? Well, look, I think Florida may still be close. The Biden campaign thinks it will it, it, it will be. And I, I thought Biden last night, he was it was sort of full Joe Biden. You know, he rambled and said some nonsensical things that made you scratch your head. But he's always been like that. I actually found it strangely reassuring. Um, but he's running, in all seriousness, he's running a campaign now. He's focused on his message. And his message is, we have to be united. We have to stop this fighting. And if you covered, and you, you and I did, Tom, the Democratic primaries, that was not sort of the message that was going on. It was, we have to fight. And, and what Biden is trying to appeal to is these last undecided voters maybe want some more unity in the country. They're tired of maybe tired of Trump and they're tired of the Trump haters. And what they want is, uh, you know, a little more sort of civility and normalcy. That 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 was his overarching message last night. And I, I see no reason to think it's not going to work. It's not I know that it's not working. All right. Let's last thing we'll touch on before we get out of here this morning. Uh, vice presidential debate. Uh, is going to happen tomorrow night uh, in Salt Lake City. Um, seems to be there's going to be a lot of attention focused on this, uh, in particular because of what happened with Trump and uh, the questions about Biden's age and his, you know, uh, potential health issues if he if he wins. Um, what are you going to be looking for? What do you expect to happen? Probably not. It's probably not going to be like the the first presidential debate, is it, Carl? Well, I don't know. Kamala Harris could be pretty aggressive. I think she'll be come out swinging. Um, but, but Tom, you're right. I mean, take a step back. What, what are the American, again, these, these elusive undecided voters, what are they looking for? Uh, and for all three of them. What are all, what are Americans looking for? The, the vice presidential debates never matter. I mean, you know, you can, you can lay the guy out on a slab like, uh, Lloyd Benson did with poor Dan Quayle, but it doesn't affect anything. But this one, has a slightly different cast to it, Tom. And you and I have talked about this before. Donald Trump, Joe Biden's going to be 78 soon after Election Day. Donald Trump literally has the coronavirus that's killed 210,000 American people. Americans, they're not going to be macabre about it, but Americans who are watching that debate, in the back of their minds at least, is going to be the thought that one of these two people could be the next president and maybe sooner than they realize. So I, my guess is that the two candidates described... But besides trying to score points, are going to try and look presidential. Well, we shall see. And we'll talk about it later on in the week. And uh, we'll have to leave it there. I'm Tom Bevan, president and co-founder of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief for RCP. And this has been the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, October 6th, 2020, four weeks from Election Day.